Welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. Praise God. It's good to be with you this morning. I got a day pass from Mullinbrook. They said, yeah, we'll let you go for the day, but only a day. You're not supposed to stay there. You're supposed to come back. And so they give me a pass to come out today. It's really good to be here with you this morning. The first time I've spoken at Malaga in the four years we've been coming to Grace Life. And so I, I'm just really sort of thrilled and privileged to be up here this morning sharing with you. You know, the the um, the team this morning, I've got to put the mic down for a sec. Uh, must have known I only did a, f- a short four kilometer walk this morning before church. Yeah, a few more steps in or hand movements in just to fulfill my day. I'm a bit of a fanatic. Uh, you'd never believe it if you saw me 20 years ago. I was probably twice the person I am now. But over the last seven years, uh, God has got me on a keep fit mission as well. You've got to be fit to keep up with the motorcycle guys uh, because they're uh, all over the place, you know. And, uh, and so it's just a privilege to to be part of uh, Grace Life, to be part of what God is doing here in Perth. Yeah, our journey's been a strange journey. I haven't got the time to go into the full journey today, but basically our lives started in, in the UK. Uh, we then served 13 and a half years in Spain, uh, planting churches in Spain. And then in 2017, we arrived here to be with family here in Perth. And it's, uh, it's been a, a, a journey with God all the way through. God has called us and we've gone. God has called us and we've gone. And I want to encourage you guys today here that when God calls you, you can't afford not to go. You can't afford to say still, you've got to go. When God says go, you've got to go. Don't hang around waiting for, a, uh, waiting for it to happen. I, I, when God called us to go to Spain, it took another four years from the calling for us to go to Spain because the the company check was too good at the end of the month, because the company pension was too good at the end of the month, because the company car and everything else and the perks that went with it were too good. And I had to lay those things down. And I think God is calling. I've got a specific message this morning. It's a, it's a simple message on salvation. It's a simple message on the kingdom of God. But it's really all about having the faith and trust to step out when God calls you to step out and to be obedient when he calls you to do that. I just want to just read for, uh, just a few, just a couple of verses out of Luke 17. And it's something that God has been speaking to me about over these past few months and it's been really deeply birthed in my heart and I want to share it with you this morning. I believe this is so important for us as Christians in 2024. God wants us to be living kingdom lives. He wants us to be living kingdom lives, not talking about the kingdom uh, uh, and looking out there somewhere for the kingdom to be manifested. This, this couple of verses here in Luke's gospel tells us about Luke 17, 20, 20, 20, what I'm going to read it to you. It says, Now when he, that's Jesus, was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation, Nor will they say, see here or see there, for indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. Church, do you realize this morning 
If you belong to Jesus, if you've given your heart to Jesus, the kingdom of God resides within your heart. Jesus said it to the disciples, when I go, I will leave the comforter. The comforter is part of that kingdom, living the comforters where we talked about in the, the pre-prayer meeting this morning about the fact is that, that you know, we, we just have this relational thing with God. No, no, no more is it just being, you know, something in between uh, uh, us and the, a priest or us and somebody, other mediator. He is now the mediator. And that mediator lives within your heart and he lives within my heart this morning. Let's not lose sight of the intimacy that God has placed within us. So often we think of him as being so far away. And yes, life isn't easy. And at times we think, yeah, where is he? Where are you, Lord? Where are you in this situation? Where are you, where are you in my life? With what's going on in my life? I want to just bring confirmation today, as if you didn't already know it. The kingdom of God is within you. Holy Spirit resides in your heart. You know, when the, the team sang, coming back to the heart of worship this morning, it's a song, again, that's another thing that God has been dealing with my life over, over the end of last year and into this year. You know, what is true worship? What is it about? What is true worship? It's not about singing songs this morning. It's about our lifestyle. It's the way that we live. It's the way that we behave. It's the way that we do things. And it just reminded me this morning when, when the team sang that song, coming back to the heart of worship, the, the, the key in that is the heart. Coming back to the heart of what is the heart of worship, reminding me of Jesus with the woman at the well. And she says to him, I know the Messiah is coming. And Jesus said to, to her, he said, like, you know, the time is coming and now is. And now is. Where we'll either worship him in our temple in Jerusalem or your mountain, or your gods. The time is coming and now is. And church, if I can just leave that with you as one thing this morning. The time has come. And it now is. The Comforter is here. He is with us. We're living in that, in that authority that Christ has given to us. Anyway, I'm, I'm going off. What I want to say this morning is it's not external anymore. It's internal. It's not an external relationship with Jesus. It's an internal relationship with Jesus. An internal walk with him. It's now it affects our hearts. It's not just something we would... Like the Old Testament, they would go and they would, they would kill an animal and that would give them a, a, their sacrifice of the animal would give them a covering for a year or however long. When Jesus gave his sacrifice, it was a once and only for all sacrifice that did it all forever, forever, for yesterday, today and forever. That's what Jesus said, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. Yesterday, today and forever. That's the Jesus we serve. He was there in our past, he's there in our today, and he will be here and with us in our tomorrow also. God is moving through the earth, through his people. That's you and that's me. If you love Jesus this morning, if you've given your life to Jesus, he's looking for you to step up and to take your place and to do what he's called you to do. You know, age is no limit. There's no limit on age, whether you know, we'll be 73-ish this year. You know, there's no limits on what God wants to do in my life. 
And even to the youngest person in this church this morning, there's no limit on your age. It's a willingness of heart. Will you step out? Will you follow God where he calls you to go? Will you do the things that are hard and difficult? You know, it's not all about easy things. God calls us to do tough things, make tough decisions, to go where he wants us to go and to do what he wants us to do. And I believe that as God is moving, as his kingdom authority within us, as he moves in you and me, he wants to align our spirit this morning, align our spirit with his, so that it just fits like a lock and a key. And when the key is turned, it'll just release us into what God has for us when we live in kingdom lives. We talked about it in the pre-service prayer. Are we still separating the secular from the spiritual? And we do that so easy. This is my Sunday. This is my church day. And then Monday comes and this is my kids' school. This is my work. This is my everything. And we make a dividing line between what is spiritual or we consider to be spiritual and what is secular. And God never designed it that way. He never designed you and me to operate that way. When he, when, he, when he put Adam and Eve into the garden, it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. And they had communion with him all the time. And that's what God wants with us, with you and with me today. He wants to have continual communion with us day and night. You know, and people will say like, you know, well, that's a bit crazy because I've got to do stuff. Yeah, we have got to do stuff. But there's nothing stops us from having that conversation with him. Not out loud, maybe. But I sometimes walking away when I do my walks in the morning. I'm either praying and talking to Jesus. I'm thinking if anybody overhears me, what they'll think about it. That guy's nuts. Like, you know. But, but he's my heavenly father and I talk to him like that. It's natural for me to talk to him like that. And whether I've got a situation happening... Uh, at the home with family, whatever, I just need to talk to him like that, you know, to, to just be open with him, open with Father, because that's the way he, he, he made me to be. He made me as a spiritual being to commune with him. So if we're separating the secular from the spiritual, ask God to help. God, help me not to separate it, but help me. Uh, we were saying earlier on, if I can worry all day long, I can worship all day long. You know, if I can worry about something all day long, then God, I can worship you all day long. It may not be open and, and you know, don't close your eyes when you're driving, all that sort of thing. But but just just be in that state attitude of, of, of worship and praise. That's where he wants us to be, having communion with him. You know, um, don't let your natural ability limit your spiritual ability. And so often we said we couldn't, we couldn't do that. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't preach. I couldn't do that. You know, this for me today is totally alien. You know, I, I, I was always hiding behind things, hiding behind my comfort blanket. And as Christians in church today, we can be hiding behind our comfort blanket because God is calling us to do something. It's all nobody feel comfortable. I feel comfortable here. I like it here. It's good here. It's nice here. Oh, God, make us uncomfortable enough to we get up and do something. 
with the gift that you put within our hearts. That's my prayer for you this morning. Prayer for me. God, I want to go further than I've been before. I want to do things I've never done before. I hid behind my guitar for years and years and years and years and years. And one day, as the team played, I put it down in its stand. And I came up with a microphone and I started to, to pray and to do something different. And a, a little old lady, about my age now, <laughs> came, came to me afterwards. She said, Andrew, I've been waiting for years for you to come out from behind that guitar and do something different. You know, and maybe God is talking to you today about what you're doing, what you're involved in. He's saying, come on. I want you to be doing something different. I birthed something within you. My kingdom is within you. Use it. Use the authority that comes with kingdom living. Don't let your natural ability, how you think of yourself, limit what I could do through you if your heart is willing for me to move in it. Let me move in your heart. Kingdom, God's kingdom lives in us. And understanding this, I believe, will help us fully function in the church. I sense in my heart, as I've been praying for today, the 2024 will be a year of breakthrough, a year of absolute breakthrough. You know, in many areas of our lives, it'll come through that deeper intimacy with Jesus. He wants us to be intimate with him. And the more intimate we are, the more he reveals himself to us. Are you prepared to be more intimate with Jesus? Are you prepared to give him more time? God, give us hungry hearts to serve you, to get with you in prayer, to get into your word, to do these things. I've got three scriptures coming up, and they're not on the screen, so don't look at the screen, but just basically what it says. Matthew 6.33 says, we are to be kingdom, kingdom seekers, seekers of the kingdom, seekers of his kingdom. Matthew 13.11 says, tells us about the privilege it is no, to, to know Jesus and know the mysteries of the kingdom. Jesus told that to his disciples. You know, many, many would give anything to know what you know. And I have birthed something within you, and you have a knowledge, and we have a knowledge through the Holy Spirit of what he is saying, what he's doing. That comes through that relationship with him. That's in Matthew 13, 11. What a privilege it is to know the mysteries of the kingdom in whatever capacity we have. And in Hebrews 12, he talks about coming to a realization that his kingdom cannot be shaken. God's kingdom cannot be shaken because man didn't set it up. He set it up. And it's there for all time. And, and the, the world can do what it wants. It can rock here and it can rock there. But nothing will shake the kingdom of God. And, and it's, when he's within our hearts, we're part of that kingdom. And I believe if armed with the revelation that uh, we are holders of the kingdom within us, it's not out there somewhere. We're not coming to church saying, oh, God, show us the kingdom. He says, you are the kingdom. It's in you. You're walking in it. You're talking in it. You are part of my kingdom. I, I believe armed with that, you will be aligned to fit perfectly into what Jesus wants us to do for him. You know, to fulfill the vision, to reach, to raise, to release, the, the vision for grace life is to do that. What part will you play in that? Maybe today is your first day here. Don't know anything about what I'm talking about. Think well, this guy's a nutter. I want to be a nutter for Jesus this morning. I want to just like just make this so simple to understand this morning. But because he loves me so much, he has put something within me that is 
good it is it's greater than I can even imagine or see this morning. And it's not about me being puffed up about my greatness. It's me being puffed up with his Holy Spirit because it is greater than we can ever understand or conceive this morning. God can do mighty things through you and through me if we're, if we're able to catch this thing and run with it. The vision uh, of, of, of our church depends on our alignment with the truth that the kingdom of God is within us. And when we know that and understand that, we can run with it and run with the vision and do stuff we've never done before and reach out and see people and touch people's lives that we've never do before. Come out from behind our comfort blankets and just do things for Jesus that are going to just change and rock people's world. And that's what God wants us to do. You see, Adam and Eve lost this key to living intimately with their heavenly father. You know, ownership of the key to um, what we need, and that's Jesus. He's the key this morning, you know, and and they lost that key in the garden. You know, um, as I said, God offered them in the garden perfection, absolute perfection. Their lives were perfect. It was a perfect place. They had a perfect relationship, Adam and Eve together. They had a perfect relationship with their heavenly father. Everything was perfect. They were family in Eden. They weren't guests. They were family. They belonged to Father's family, and he placed them in this place of authority to operate within the garden. In fact, they had everything, but it wasn't enough for them. It wasn't enough. They let Satan convince them that there was something missing. I want to ask the question this morning. Is Satan trying to convince you that there's just something missing? Something missing in your church relationship, your relationship with God? Is he speaking into your heart this morning? Are we convinced about him? The enemy's just whispering things and he said to them like, you haven't got everything. You can't eat from that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You've got everything you see, you've got everything, but you haven't got that one thing. Is that just like us and the way we are? We're looking for that one thing, that other thing that's going to bring us the fullness. And it's just a lie of the enemy this morning. It's a lie of the enemy. Try to convince us that there's something missing. When we have Jesus, we have everything. There's nothing missing. When we have him, when we have Holy Spirit operating within our hearts, we have everything. And they lost absolutely everything. Talks about that in Genesis 3, 24. Just want to read you this. It's important. This is what happened because they believed the enemy. Therefore, the Lord God sent him, this Adam, out of the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. So he drove out the man and he placed cherubim at the east of the gate, garden of Eden, and a flaming sword which turned away every way to guard the way to the tree of life. There was no going back in there. That door to Eden, which means home, the word Eden means home, that was their home. But because of this sin, they were cast out of that place. And a guard was put on the door so they could not get back in there again. You know, that door was closed for thousands and thousands of years until Jesus came. Jesus came 
Yep. The cross. Jesus came. And when he came and he bled and he died on that cross, it was a perfect sacrifice for us to start living that perfect life all over again. The life that the world had lost throughout generation upon generation. That's what he offered us. You know, and even in our rebellion, in our rebellious years, Jesus loved us. You know, I've often had a picture of this when I came to Jesus. You know, I never was a rebellious kid. But at the age of 14, I just found him to be my all in all. But I, I, I just got this picture in, in the later years of, 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 of him loving his creation, even when we didn't love him. I got a picture of this woman shaking her fist at him and said, I hate you. I hate you. But he's saying, but I love you. But I hate you. But I love you. But I hate you. But I love you. Yeah. Do we fully understand today just how much Jesus loves us? Do we fully understand? Do we fully comprehend just how much Savior loves us this morning? Because if we can comprehend that, it's going to release us into uh, just something amazing. When Jesus cried out from the cross, it is finished. It was as if Father reached out of heaven, took that temple veil and ripped it open. And he said, now there's a way back for you to come back to home, to come back to home, which I created for you, to come back into that place where you belong. It's just a beautiful picture there of the temple veil being torn in two. The access that prevented them from going into the Holy of Holies was now ripped open. And God says, come. All who believe can come. Will you believe this morning? Will you believe today what he's done for you? I pray that you will. Come back to that place of his perfection. John 10, 7 says, I am the door. He says, I am the door of the sheep. We are his sheep, the sheep of his pasture, and he opens us a door today to come back to him through his perfect blood sacrifice. That closed door that was for those thousands of years has now been swung open wide. And Jesus says, come, come on in, come back to that place that I made perfect. And we may not feel perfect. A humanist may say, well, I don't really feel perfect this morning. But spiritually, he has made us perfect. There's nothing more that he can do. There's nothing more that he can do. When he said it was finished, it was finished. Everything was then laid out before us. Everything we need was there given on that sacrifice on the cross. But not only is Jesus the door, he's also the master key to living and master key to living abundant lives. I don't know about you, but I want to live an abundant life. I want to live in his abundance. You know, I don't want to live meagerly. I want more and everything that he has for me. I want to just reach out even today and say, Lord, just fill me with your Holy Spirit more and more and more. Through that perfect blood sacrifice, I 
have that key being turned in the door, the doors open for me to come into. You know, in the Old Testament, they brought sacrifices of, of pigeons and goats and sheep and other bigger animals, and they would be continually sacrificed, sacrificed, sacrificed. The blood, sacrificed, sacrificed all through their early history. And I, and I just sense that, that if, if Jesus hadn't come for 100,000 years, the amount of sacrifices would have been billions upon billions of animals and, 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 and you know, volumes of blood we could never, never comprehend. But it took one man, Jesus, to die a per live a perfect life and die a perfect death for you and for me that releases us into the freedom of living victorious lives for him. Lives that will, are able to go out and to reach and to raise and to release. That is what it's all about today. But we need to walk in the freedom that he's given to us to do that. John 10, 7 to 10 says these words. And that's the full account about, about the door. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me uh, are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone in enters by me, he will be saved, and I will go in and out and find, uh, and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and they may have it abundantly. Abundantly. And that word abundantly, it means superabundance, excessive, overflowing, surplus, over and above, more than enough, profuse, extraordinary, above the ordinary, more than sufficient. That's the life that he wants you to be living and me to be living. That's the life. That's the life this morning. A super abundant life. You know, throughout history, men and women have tried to find the master key. You know, they've, this master key that would unlock to them the real meaning of life. And they would turn to things like wealth, power, status, possessions, sex, drugs, alcohol, religion, and now even gender identity. We're joining that long list of the things that people have looked to to bring them peace in their lives and things in their lives that they're really struggling to get hold of. But the real answer has always been him, always been Jesus, always will be Jesus. You know, the Old Testament sacrifices, the Bible terms them as the, when they're using the word atonement. When the animal was killed, sacrifice was made. Their sin was atoned for a period of time. You know, when Jesus died, his sacrifice is a different word in the Greek. It means exchange. It's a word exchange. So when Jesus died for you and he died for me, he didn't atone us for some sort of time frame, but he exchanged our sin for his righteousness. It was a total exchange. He obliterated the sin that uh, our, our lives lived in. And he exchanged that 
for his righteousness. And that's what he's given to us today. See, this master key, Jesus, is not just a thing. It's the person. He's always been the key. He always will be the key. His name is Jesus. Yeah, ancient keys, I've read a bit about this, about the master keys. Ancient keys were, were made of shaped wood. Listen to this, you'll probably get it before I got it. Made of shaped wood with twine wrapped around and nails strategically hammered into place to match the alignment of the lock tumblers in the door. And when I was thinking about it and praying about it, I thought, wow, this cross here, a piece of shaped wood, it would have been tied to it to carry the top beam as he walked to Golgotha. And the nails would have been strategically driven into his hands and his feet to hold him there. But do you know this morning, those nails had a purpose. He was there for a purpose. And that would unlock to us the full freedom that Christ offers you and me today. If we will love him, if we will serve him, if we will do as he's called us to do. John 1.12 John 1.12 says this, But as many as he has received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God and to those who believe in his name. You know you have a right today, if you believe in Christ, to be a child of the living God. That's your place today. That's my place today. I want to be his child. I want to sit on his knee. I want to tell him how much I love him, how much he means to me. See, the master key is more than a sermon about the cross. It's more than a sermon about the blood. And the door is more than just a prayer of salvation. It's all about Jesus, the first and the last, the beginning and the end, the Lord of all lords and the King of all kings. You know, demons did not flee because Jesus preached a great sermon. They fled because they were in the presence of of a holy God, the presence of the King. Lazarus never came out of the tomb. Just because Jesus would have prayed for him, it was because he was present there and his presence was enough. You know, Death and demons obeyed because of who he was. Not what he does, but because who he was. And who we are will determine what we do. And we are children of the living God. You see, Father never sent a, a messenger with a message. The messenger was the message. And when Jesus came, he was the complete revelation of the Father. John 14, verses 8 to 9. As quickly says these words, John 14, 8 and 9. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it's sufficient for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Praise God. If we know him, 
we know the Father. If we know Jesus as our Savior, we know the Father. No. We are full of his DNA. And I, ha I have this real sort of fascination with, uh, with DNA. It's amazing how they can trace people back throughout history and if they've got a bit of DNA. You know, when the devil looks at my life and considers my life, I wanted to see DNA, Jesus' DNA written right through me. I've got my father's face. I've got my father's heart. I've got my father's love. I've got all of these things because his DNA runs through me. Just take me apart bit by bit by bit. I pray that everything will scream. Jesus, 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 his DNA, when we know him, runs through our, our complete lies. Let's not lose sight of who we are in him. You know, people say, uh, I don't know who I am in Christ. No, you, you're, his, you're his DNA. You carry his, his, his life, carry the love of Christ with you. When we receive Jesus as Savior, we receive the lost key to unlock the kingdom in our lives. It's like going back home to Eden, going back to the place that God originally made for you and for me to inhabit and to be the life that he, he made for us. Uh, Genesis 2, 10 to 14 speaks about rivers running out of Eden, Eden which would bless and make fruitful what was outside. You see, God's plan for Eden was never that it was everything was like inside there. What happened in there was to bless around them. And we see a picture here of the, of the river running out of Eden, splitting up into four different rivers that would water the land and provide fruit and, and, and do everything and make them beautiful. And we can, we can read about those, those rivers there as speakers of rivers running out of Eden. And two of those rivers... Are we... Can you put that slide back up again, guys? Is it possible? No, don't worry. Don't bother going back. Two of those rivers, rivers are still there today. Known that the Euphrates River is one of them, uh, and the other river, which I've forgotten, that's it. It's the one that cut the, uh, the modern name is the Tigris River. The Tigris and the Euphrates are still are two of those rivers they talk about in Genesis are still running there. But it was that a place that, that peninsula was being watered by the the waters coming out of those rivers. You know, God made it perfect in every single way. You and I are called to be those rivers of living water and armed with the Holy Spirit's power and Christ's authority to minister to this world who needs a saviour. John thirty seven John seven thirty seven to thirty nine. I'm just getting close to winding it up now. On the last on the last day, the great day of the of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit who those believing in him would receive for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. This is the glorious promise that he made for you and for me. We are called to be those rivers of living water to our community, to our church, 
to those around us, to our families. And Jesus doesn't dwell in your heart and my heart right through our lives to keep us like, you know, when planes come into land, if there's a, a lot of planes landing, they, they, they put them in a holding pattern and they go around and around and around till the slot becomes vacant and they come in and then they land. You know, God hasn't put you and me in some holding pattern so we can go land in heaven one day. He wants to use us now, today, tomorrow, this next week, this next year. Want to see lives change? Yet yeah, it starts with us. He's, he's, he's turned our hearts into potential war rooms for prayer. His truth will bring revelation, which will transform us into walking testimonies of his goodness and his grace, his love and his power. Not with a message written on paper, but a message written on our hearts. That's the important thing. We're to reflect Jesus in this world, walking full of the Spirit, loaded with spiritual gifts and fruits. When we fully realize that his kingdom really resides within us, change takes place. It does. We don't have to force it to change. We don't have to force things to change. Change takes place. This is the work of man. This is not something we can do ourselves. This is solely and totally what Jesus does. He brings the change. We can't change ourselves, but he can change us into what he wants us to be, abiding in him. I've got time this morning. I've got a few more scripts. I'm not going to use them this morning, but basically, they, if you're making notes, I'll give you them now. They're about abiding in him. John 8, 31, 32, abiding in him and his word. John 14, 15 to 17, abiding in us. What a wonderful promise. He will abide in us. John 16, 12 to 13, understanding and revelation comes through one source, Holy Spirit. That's why we need his spirit moving and walking and talking within us. And then 1 John 2, 27, it's a work of the Holy Spirit. Only he can teach us how to abide. God wants you and I to abide in him, to abide in his love, to abide in his grace, to abide under his authority, and then to go out and use his authority. So many Christians that oh, we're waiting for that anointed to come to do a miracle, but the miracle's already within us. It's already here. Let's stop begging him to come down, and let's stop pushing him up from here, from our hearts. Let's put it in within us. Let's Let's, let's stop saying, oh God, please come. God says, I'm here. I'm with you. I'm in your heart. Let me out. Let me come up. Let me out. Let me speak. Let me do something through you. But I can't. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. I'm living proof that he can. He can take some shy boy and change him. Put him in places that are uncomfortable and difficult to do what he's called me to do. Holy Spirit is trying to get us to receive the truth today. The truth is Jesus will set you free. Jesus will set us free. Miracles are a byproduct of the truth. Believe the truth, the miracles will come. If we start doing what we can naturally do, he will do the spiritual things. You know, we're just waiting for us to just do this miracle. That word uh, uh, that is finished, Jesus cried out, he handed us that master key, uh, or are we waiting for something else? Do we believe that that was not enough? Let's not believe that that was totally enough to last for our lifetime and the lifetime of this world. 
that was enough. The amount of blood. Let Jesus deal with that in our hearts today. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Let Jesus transform you today. Let's start thanking him for the nature he's put within you and he's put within me. You see, our roots produce the fruit. If we are rooted and grounded in Christ, our roots will produce him. And the fruits that he's put within our lives, the gifts and the fruits will come. You don't strive and try to produce spiritual fruit. You will not do it. You know, a tree never tries to grow fruit. It does it naturally. If its roots are rooted in good soil, it will naturally produce good fruit. That's what God wants of us. Planted in a good church, planted in good soil, planted in him. Let's be about Father's business. Let's do the things he's called us to do. Feed your roots with good stuff. Get intimate with him. You know, walk and talk with him. Speak with him like you do with a friend. Laugh with him. Cry with him. Just be the people that God's called you to be. And I believe that the, the vision for Grace Life will be outworked as we just allow our roots to bear the fruit that God wants to do through us. We are fully equipped for the vision of Grace Life. His kingdom is within us. And we have the key. His name is Jesus. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that we are fully equipped. Oh God, help us to see you in the reality that you are. Help us to reach out and touch you. We're struggling with life today. Just like the woman who reached and touched the hem of his garment. Sometimes it's a struggle to break through. But we have to have the wherewithal to, to reach out. It was her last chance after years and years of sickness. And she pushed away through feet and legs and everything and just touched him secretly. I'm not going to give an altar call as such this morning. But I'm going to just say to you, folk, if you're like that woman, you want to be freed up from something. Maybe it's addiction. Maybe it's, I don't know what it is this morning. I just sense that someone's trying to break. You've been trying to break through to him for a long time. And it's in the secretness as we pray this morning. I just want you to reach through all the difficulties and say what well, that, well, that woman said. If only I could touch him, I would be well. And Father, I pray for anyone here this morning who's reaching through feet. And it's been like treading treacle, Father, over the years. And Father, today, I believe it could be a breakthrough for that person. Father, I pray that you would just bless their lives amazingly. If someone's coming to you for the first time, if somebody's recommitting themselves to you, Lord, I pray as they push through that this morning, Father, will be a day when they'll say, that was the marker. That's when my life changed forever. Father, I pray, oh Lord, that salvation, healing, deliverance will come in this room today as we push through the obstacles and reach out to you. Father, we are kingdom people. 
We acknowledge that this morning and we bless you for being our master key in Jesus' precious name. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.